Running with Jake, the podcast. On this episode, I think that letting myself sort of feel down in the dumps really helped me to now move on from that and start to get into more of a positive space. Running with Jake, the podcast. Because every runner needs the occasional plod. And here's your host, Jake Lowe. Testing, one, two, testing, one, two. Good, microphone works, check, check, all here. Good, Pete, are you present? Are you alive? Are you ready to rock? This is Running With Jake, the podcast, your weekly dose of running motivation. Are you on board? I am on board, yes. Good, right. Here we go then. Super motivation, lots to talk about, about running. It's going to be great. Actually, we do need to, thinking about it, maybe just tone down the motivation levels a little bit today. Just a little bit, don't panic. We're still going to be like, you know up for it how so why? why it's today's guest isn't it I'm just thinking if, we, if we're if we firing on all cylinders oh. and like really supercharged you know what we can get like when we really get stuck into it you know we, we, we're like a rocket you're like a rocket to be fair I'm just someone looking at a rocket going my god it's a rocket I'm just saying we don't want to create a fireball of motivation today we don't want to do that we've got to be careful we have to be very careful mm. even using the phrase fireball we have to be careful with this because you and I know the history of this guest mm. and it's not even necessarily the guest who by the way is great and we're going to have a great conversation with her, but it's what happened when we last tried to speak to her on the podcast. Yes, we did try to have a chat with Lydia Gibson for well, quite some time now. We've been trying to arrange this. I'm so happy to finally have her on the show today. She's an ultra runner. She's a mom. She's at law school. She's spinning lots of plates. She's super up for running and helping other people as well. So I'm so happy that we've finally managed to get her on the show because we kind of I, I suppose this is the first time she's been on the show. She was almost on the show previously. In fact, we kind yes, of... Yes. We did record a little bit of a call. Like, a little bit of a call. Well... Just a bit. I, arguably, we, we well, we did record a little bit of a call, yes. But unfortunately... Um, do you know, I'd love to be able to play you back the audio, but unfortunately, we can't because the recording <laughs> equipment on this occasion caught fire. It did. It did. <laughs> And to me, in front of Lydia, she thought we were joking. She thought we were joking because we're talking to her and we're talking about whatever. I can't even remember what it was. But you start sniffing and you can hear this on the recording. And as a producer, I'm sat there in a different room. We're all in different rooms, obviously, in different houses in different parts of the world and country. And I can I can hear you going... <laughs> and I think, how bloody unprofessional. What's Jake doing? And then you go... <laughs> and Lydia's still talking and you're going... Um, and you, you'll start obbing and ahhing, and then she finishes speaking, and you're like, Jake's not asking a question. Why is he not asking a question? And there's a panicked look on your face <laughs> as you say, and you can say it again now if you want, I think the cupboard's on fire. <laughs> look, I record. I record in the yes, coat cupboard as... Yes. as- as we know, a very confined <laughs> space. You make me do this because the acoustics are better. We have high ceilings here. Uh, and I thought, yeah, I, yeah. I can definitely smell something. And you know, obviously, when you're talking to a guest, you, you're attentive. Like with any conversation with a new person, you're there. You want to be engaging and listen and respond to what they're saying. And all I could think about was, <laughs> I think I'm on fire. I can definitely smell burning. And it wasn't going away. It was getting worse. And I'm just, I'm looking around mm. at all the coats I have in the coat covered here and th- these are all like proper outdoor walking coats I'm telling you these are proper flammable stuff I'm thinking this is not a good situation to be in sure, and, then, sure. and then part way through the call Lydia's talking I'm going mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah mm-hmm mm-hmm and then I, I just reached behind me my back's pressed against the door here and I just just opened the door and just push it open I, I figured I needed to just let 
let some air in and like put this fire out. It was not a good situation. You don't want to be letting air in. Have you seen Backdraft? You don't oh. want to be introducing extra air. God, yeah. I didn't think about that. I was just under pressure. Hang on, let me just. I'm just going to shut this door now. We're fine now. The point is that we did try to record Good. with Lydia and then mm. it had to come to an abrupt end because you were like, shit, I'm on fire. Rest assured, we are back to being like uber professional today because we did change the recording equipment, didn't we? We may have, we may have alluded to this on one or two episodes in the past and it, it did actually set on fire. So, and it was smoking... <laughs> Like a bugger. <laughs> it was, yes. That's a technical term. <laughs> which is a phrase I've never used before. But we did change the uh, the recording equipment, which was which is good news. And actually, that's a massive thank you to our patrons, our lovely patrons. They they helped us to keep the show going. Yes. In its darkest moment when there was a fireball in the recording studio, a.k.a. the coat cupboard. If it wasn't for the patrons, we would not have... A show right now, it's fair to say. If you do want to become one, by the way, if you do want to help out, uh, just go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. There's a little Patreon banner at the top there. You can click on that. Fingers crossed we won't need a new studio anytime soon because we've got one. Um, fingers crossed there are no fires or any other unforeseen circumstances during today's chat with Lydia. Right, that's that bit out of the way. Now let's get back to firing on not all cylinders, just some of the cylinders. <laughs> just, just two or three, two or three cylinders. That'll do. For the show notes and video content, go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. Running with Jake, the podcast. Is everybody set? Are we okay? Should we, should we start this guest interview now? Have we started? Is it happening now? I think it's. Is it, is it, I think it's happening now. Is it? I mean, it's happening now. To be honest, I'm. I'm amazed that we've got to this point because we're all here. It's all working. Last time, obviously, we had a bit of a happening. I know. And this time, we've had a bit of a happening as well, but it's all working now, which is great. Well, look, I just... Lydia, there's so much I want to talk to you about, obviously, but I I feel that you've been through enough recently. You don't want any more issues, concerns, just chaos. So just rest assured, I'm not going to set the studio on fire. (laughs) I say the studio. It is obviously the the (laughs) coat cupboard. I'm still in the cupboard, but we do have new recording equipment. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Listen... (laughs) Welcome to the show, Lydia. Thank you for talking to us. Oh, thanks for having me. Nice to be here. It is nice to be here, but I actually wish we were kind of chatting under different circumstances. Obviously, you, uh, we know that you experienced a pretty pretty rough time the other weekend in an event, which of course can happen. These things when you, you know when you you put yourself out there and do these really awesome adventure kind of runs in the fells in the Lake District. But you had you know a bit of a rough time. First of all, how how are you now, kind of physically? Are you are you okay? Do you feel okay now? Yeah, um, I'm still resting up quite a lot, um, but I have had a lot of great people looking after me. I've actually, I've taken a whole week pretty much completely in bed, and it's crazy how much a week completely in bed can actually do for recovery. Um, so yeah, I'm doing actually a lot better than what I was, and um, seem to have recovered quite quickly, which is really positive. So back moving around a little bit more now, which is really exciting. I mean, you strike me as somebody that's very logical, relatively patient. I say relatively patient because I, c- I can see from Instagram you're so driven, and from what I know of you, you're, you're up for it. You're spinning lots of plates, doing lots of different things, not just running-wise as well. Is it easy for you to kind of back off and take a break? Or does it sometimes take something like this, hopefully not to be repeated, but you know where you, it's kind of forced rest, isn't it? You've got to stop. Do you find rest easy or is it something that you find challenging? Um, I think it's something that all athletes do struggle with quite a lot. I think it's something that 
I know I've seen other athletes talk about it in the past, how sometimes it's quite hard to actually realise that resting is a really key part of training. I think since I've been now running for a few years and I've started to get a little bit more serious and competitive with my running, that I have really started to realise that a big part of running and progressing is actually taking care of myself and my body and making sure that I'm healthy. Um, I do think that I maybe do find rest a little bit hard, but I'm definitely trying to listen to people's advice and opinions more. So I'm very strictly following the advice of my physio at the minute. I'm not doing anything that he's not recommending or advising. Um, and I am taking this quite seriously and making sure that I come back in the right way because I want to make a full recovery and I want to be back running as soon as possible. So I don't want to do anything silly that could maybe compromise that. But yeah, I think rest can sometimes be a little bit tricky for some athletes to really get into the mindset that rest is actually a really important part of training. It's difficult, isn't it? Because when you feel rested, you feel like you've recovered from certain sessions or a race, you know, oh, legs are okay. Right, business as usual. I've got this target race. I'm driven. I'm up for it. You've got goals. Let's go for it. But actually, there's, there's damage that's done on a much deeper level and, and mentally as well. Sometimes we just need to hit the reset button, don't we? Just take me back to that race, if you will, Lily. For people that don't know, which race was it in the Lake District, first of all? Yeah, so it was the Silver Great Lakeland three-day race so it was a fell race over three days um there was four courses and you were able to pick the course on the day and so i on on the first day i picked the wainwright long course um and it was actually an orienteering race as well so it covered about 20 miles um but you had to navigate your own way as such so there were certain mountain checkpoints that you'd have to get to but it was almost like you had to join the dots up with your own accord and what route that you thought was best um so yeah there was a lot of orienteering involved as well which was quite interesting because although i can navigate i am not the most skilled orienteerer it's definitely not my forte so that was quite um interesting sort of getting to see it from that side as well of actually navigating the race it's another skill, isn't it, that? Yeah. I, I, it's something, I, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to chat to you as well and have you on the show personally is I love the off-road stuff. Perhaps not kind of going to the lakes and, and where I am down in Winchester. I have been running in the lakes, which is like just a stunning place. But I love the kind of adventure, the ex, ex, exploration side of just getting out there and exploring the routes. Obviously, you need to be fairly competent with map reading or using OS maps as the, as the the app version or whatever. Is Do you enjoy that side of stuff? You know, the navigation. Is that something that you, you enjoy? Um, well, I think it's like what you said. Um, off-road running and fell running and mountain running, it really is more of um, an adventure than, I guess, maybe a road run is. Um, you have to be very competent, like you said. Um you always have to carry quite a lot of kit in case something goes wrong. So another big part of trail running that differs to road running is that you are often required to carry quite a lot of mandatory kit. So you have to get used to running with a pretty heavy um, backpack. Um, and, you know, with the orienteering side, it's something that quite a lot of trail runners and ultra runners talk about. Um, and, you know, the, the wide opinion is that it's so important to be able to navigate a lot of these races in the mountains, you have to be quite self-sufficient, especially between checkpoints. It's nothing sort of like a road race. Um, so 
you need to be able to navigate if harsh weather comes in and visibility goes down, you need to be able to use a compass and take a bearing. So the general opinion sort of in the mountain running world is that you shouldn't be reliant on a GPX or on your watch or on your phone or on OS Maps, the app. Um, so I tend to carry a paper map and I always carry a compass. So if I do need to resort to sort of old-fashioned, I guess, map reading and orienteering that I can and I know that I have the skills to be able to navigate if I need to. That must feel great to have that confidence because, like you say, kind of the old-fashioned way in some respects, but actually that you've not got to rely on technology. You know, as long as you don't lose your map or lose your compass, you have the ability and the necessary tools with you to be able to get yourself out of trouble, you yeah. know, find your way. That's really important, isn't it? So this was a multi-day event. This was, this was three days. Tell me about, obviously, the incident, the accident that you had. How, was that, which day did that occur on and, and, and what happened? So that annoyingly happened on day one, which is a bit um, frustrating. Yeah, so I was actually feeling pretty good. I went off pretty, um, quite early because of it being such a um, long distance racing over mountains. Um, it, it's, it's quite usual on these types of races where you sort of go off and unlike road races where you tend to be in a pack with quite a lot of runners around you, it's quite common to run quite a lot of these races on your own but actually without many competitors around you. So I went off um, navigating and managed to sort of find the route I wanted to do and make my way over. Um, I was about five miles in when I fell, which doesn't sound that far, but um, in those five miles I had climbed about 2,000 feet of elevation. So um, I, I had done a lot in those five miles um, and I was actually on a fairly easy technical descent. Now the thing about the Lake District is that it's very technical terrain, um, much more so than maybe other trails. It's the mountain ranges can be really rocky. There can be some very technical descents, technical ridges. Um, and it's, it's something that I feel like I've had quite a lot of practice with. And I actually quite enjoy technical descents and I'm quite confident with them. Um, but I guess these types of things can happen to anyone. So I was running on a single track little path that was quite close to a um, edge. And I went into a little rock wrong and it sort of completely twisted my ankle up on itself almost did like a 180 and I felt I felt the pain just flooding up my body and it was the first fall I've ever had where it just completely like took my breath away and I, I genuinely couldn't even think because of the pain and because of the pain it sent my legs to jelly and I, I wasn't able to sort of even think about what was happening and in that split second my legs went to jelly and I actually tumbled down the side of the mountain that I was very close to um, I managed to sort of grab onto Heather and stop my fall um, so, so yeah that's pretty much what happened I wasn't really able to put weight on my um, foot so that obviously caused problems because I was out in the rural mountains and I just descended from a pretty high mountain so I, I really was in the middle of nowhere. Um, luckily a fellow runner sort of came behind me, she'd been behind me in the race and I was sort of screaming in pain so she managed to spot me um, and came to help and bless her she stayed with me for the entire time. We didn't have much signal where we were, so she sort of had to go running 
around where we were to try and find a bar of signal. Luckily, we managed to find a bar of signal and we alerted race control um, as an emergency. They sent um, their medical team, who are like hand-picked members of different mountain rescue teams that were working for the event that weekend. And they got to us very quickly, all credit to them. Um, started assessing my ankle. I was in a lot of pain at this point. Um, and I am epileptic, and I think that the pain and the shock of the fall um, sort of deteriorated me. And seizures can be triggered from extreme amounts of pain and from extreme amounts of stress and shock. So when they were with me, I deteriorated. I had six seizures, I believe, and I was unconscious between the seizures. So they ended up um, obviously calling 999 for backup, and Keswick Mountain Rescue was sent out. Um, the Great North Air Ambulance was sent out and they sent out a doctor as well in the helicopter. I think it was another, maybe, I think I read something about the Cumbria Coast Guard uh, paramedics or something who were there. I'm not exactly sure on the, the full form. There was a lot of people who were sent out. Um, so they sort of, you know, gave me a lot of painkillers, gave me IV morphine, so I was high as a kite, gas in air, scrapped my foot up, put me on oxygen um, and sort of had to carry me up this quite steep mountain to a place that the helicopter had been able to land on. Um, so, yeah, they carried me up this steep mountain, bless them. It was bucketing with rain, so I don't think it was the nicest conditions for them, which wasn't ideal. Um, and then, yeah, flew me to Carlisle Hospital. So, it's <laughs> basically what happened in a nutshell. I mean, it must feel surreal because it, it, mm. it wasn't that long ago. Mm. It wasn't that long ago. Yeah. And it, wow. You know, I was almost, and I was, not almost, I was a little bit, I was unsure whether to reach out to you and you know we've been talking about trying to get you back on the show obviously we had the issue previously so we never got a chance to record a proper conversation with you a chat with yourself but I thought well is now the right time you know you're going to have a lot of people supporting you reaching out you need to take good care of yourself we know that's important and I thought it's so raw but you're just so open and honest and I mean Instagram it you know, you you see all these photos of you in these most amazing places, getting involved in all this kind of outdoor stuff, off-road, just, you know, places that just look amazing. And then there's the photo of you with, obviously, the uh, mountain rescue guys who do an amazing job, don't they? Yeah, I mean, they, they do, do an yeah. absolutely awesome job. And looking a little bit worse for wear on the stretcher, <laughs> it has to be said. I mean, just, yeah. you know, you can't... It just must feel surreal what what did you actually do to the the foot is it the foot or the ankle what's the the kind of the biomechanical issue yeah so it, it, it's it's the ligament so at first they um thought it was broken um from the pain and from the swelling so obviously i had to go for x-rays and i was in hospital and surprisingly it's um not actually broken it's it's a ligament and injury it's my atfl ligament to get technical um, so I go to a really, really great physio who's really well known in my local area for being really good, um, especially at treating runners. Now, he works on the accelerated recovery system and he really doesn't believe in sort of putting me in a boot and leaving me to rest for six weeks. Um, he thinks that can do more detriment to injuries than um, is actually beneficial and he really believes in getting things mobile and starting to do that rehab process sooner um, than later. So I've had three physio appointments already. I'm going back to see him on Wednesday as well. He's been great. He's done a lot of 
quite aggressive hands-on treatment that's left me pretty bruised um but yeah it's really worked i'm off the crutches um i'm out of the boot now he's cleared me to come out of the boot so i'm walking normally this morning i actually completed a mile and a half walk with my running friends that he cleared me to do so that was great he's really confident with how the injury is going um obviously we're keeping a very close eye on it and i'm just following strictly what he is advising um but he's very confident I could be back running in one to two weeks, which seems quite surreal. But, yeah, really exciting news. Um, so the, the rehab of the injury is actually surprisingly going really well. Um, the pain's gone down, the swelling's gone down. I'm completely weight-bearing now. Um, so, yeah, it's quite exciting. Um, but like I said, I've been being very closely monitored, and I want to stress that, um, by my physio. Um and these are only things that I've been cleared to do by him after assessing it. You've got to have trust, haven't you, in the in the people around you. You need a good network of people, don't you, Lydia? I think you know, and and they can take different. They don't have to be professionals. They can just be supportive friends and family. But in this case, with injury, having someone you really trust, like a physio, is just great, isn't it? You know, drop them a message. I'm really tempted to do this. Is that all right? What do you think? And I tell you something, as a runner and somebody that's had gosh knows how many injuries over the years, if I see a physio, I want to hear that. I want to hear the term accelerated recovery. That sounds amazing. If that's going to speed things up, let's go for it, man. I'm up for that. Well, he actually, yeah, it's quite funny. He was telling me he has what's called the Lionel Messi approach. (laughs) And basically what he said to me is if Lionel Messi was injured, his physios and his doctors would be doing absolutely everything they could, accelerate recovery to try and get him back, training as soon as possible, because obviously he's on a lot of money. And he thinks, well, why shouldn't we treat everyone like that? Why shouldn't we be trying to get everyone mobile, active, giving them this accelerated recovery so we can get them back out active? And not even just for runners. I think, um, you know, if you have six weeks laid in bed in a boot, you know, that's going to have massive impact on your muscles tightening up, um, and you know your mental health as well will be very isolated um and although it's not necessarily appropriate for all injuries i'm aware of that but you know i think it is really key to try and get seen by an experienced physio who is able to actually assess your injury and give you some advice on what you can or can't do and like you said it's all about having that confidence and that trust i was actually having this chat this morning and i did say that if I hadn't been assessed and seen by my physio, I probably wouldn't have had the confidence to come out of the boo and off the crutches because I would be worried that I would be causing more detriment. Um, so if I hadn't been to see this physio multiple times, I would probably be sat here in a boot and on crutches still. So I think that's actually a really interesting thing to actually kind of consider that I think it is really important to get these injuries assessed early by a physio if you can. Yeah, could you, 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 want, you want to obviously come back as soon as possible. But you want to come back well, don't you? So when you're back, you want to stay back. You don't want then to have come back too soon and something else happens. You go over on your ankle again or, or something that actually your body's saying, look, Lydia, you came back a bit too quick there. You've got to calm down. Well, look, I, I have to tell you, I've got some great news, actually. You are on the right podcast because I am like the ankle ligament master. I've been over on my ankles. I can't even tell you how many times. That did, did, you, did you get the purple foot thing? Did your foot go a bit purple at the bottom? Yeah, it was like more blacky, I would say, oh. than purple. It went, it went quite sort of black, um, just around the bottom. Um, but yeah, I, I iced it so much. I was so like, 
orthodox with how much icing I was doing. Um, and my physio was so impressed. He was like, you've done a really good job with that icing. The, the swelling's gone down massively and the bruising went down quite quickly. Um, so now you can't really see the bruising that much. It's just sort of like a little bit at the bottom. So Great, isn't the it? icing loads. Got to get straight on it. And Pete, mm. I just, I want to mention something here, Pete, but I'm a bit, I don't know whether it's going to help our listenership or not. People might think I'm a bit of an idiot and they might not listen to the show anymore. So uh, can I just check? Are you coming to me for advice on not being an idiot? I'm the wrong person to speak to about that. <laughs> There's no doubt. I mean, I've been proved to be an idiot on many, many occasions. This is an attempt. I, I want to share this with Lydia in an attempt to make her feel a bit better. Obviously, Lydia was a bit concerned that five miles in, she had the accident, but there was a lot of, you know, elevation there. You'd climbed a lot before that actual accident. This was a three-day event. Yes, it was very early on the first day. <laughs> I did an obstacle race. It was a 10K obstacle race. It was years ago, and I went over my ankle. It was the first time. Tore the ligaments badly. I was running with some friends of mine, hit the deck. But the embarrassing thing is, Lydia, I hadn't even got to an obstacle. Everyone's oh, like, oh, I knew you shouldn't have done an obstacle event. I was like, I didn't even get to one. <laughs> just, it was in, like, the first kilometre. I just hit the deck. And there's, there's people... I was oh, working yeah. in it for, for a gym at the time, and people, a lot of members from the gym doing oh, it as well, and they're running past, looking at me on, like a heap on the floor, going, what, what are you doing down there, man? I'm like, it's just my ankle. Just didn't get to an obstacle. I, honestly, not good. Not good. <laughs> so tell me, you mentioned the mental side of stuff there, and I'm really pleased that you brought that up. You know, you, you talk about being in a boot or being in bed for however long and, and you know you want to accelerate healing and get back out there we all do don't we not just running as you say and being kind of restricted not doing what we want isn't good for our mental health how do you deal with things so take me through that because you know now we talk to you you're super positive i sense this from from your, the post you put out there you look into the future it helps you've got a super positive physio I, I guess and he's doing the messy thing with you so he's getting you back out there he's saying look do some stuff to make you feel better but how does Lydia deal with the mental side of setbacks, whether that's injury or something else? How, how do you go? Is it easy for you? I wouldn't say it's easy for me. I think I'm someone who likes to push myself, and I think um, I can be quite hard on myself sometimes, and I can get a little bit frustrated with myself. Um, sometimes, whether it's an injury or whether a race just hasn't gone that well um, or whether I'm disappointed in the time that I've run, do you think I can be a little bit... Um, hard on myself with um, this accident and this injury it was it was quite difficult not just from the um, physical point of it but also from the the mental side of it um it, it was quite a traumatic injury um and it was very serious and I, I can't remember that much of it as well I've got sort of little flashes of little bits that I can remember I mean it was very scary, you know. I was laid halfway down the mountain with 30 or so people around me, all fussing around me. There was tubes going in me. There was oxygen masks on me. I was screaming in agony with my foot. Um, and then I was getting put onto a helicopter. So it, it was traumatic. And there was definitely a moment where I did think to myself, you know, maybe, you know, if I have seizures here, maybe I'm going to die on this mountain and I, I'm not going to make it off this mountain. So... When you've gone through that and through those types of thoughts, they do sort of take a toll on your mind. And I think you really need to take time to sort of just sit and process. And for the, it's only sort of the last few days, like maybe two days, that I've started to be active again. And I did really take about, you know, six, seven days of purely lying in bed. I barely got out of bed at all except to go to appointments. Um, and I think I did really think about 
everything and you know I was quite sad and I was quite down in the dumps about it all but I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing I think sometimes we have a bit of false positivity in the world at the moment and although staying positive is really important I think it's also really important to let yourself feel the emotions you know I was sad and I was upset about what happened at the race so I think it was really important that I allowed myself to feel that and and process what I was feeling from the accident and being injured and I think that letting myself sort of feel down in the dumps really helped me to now move on from that and start to get into more of a positive space so I think with being positive you've also got to let yourself maybe feel those disappointed emotions but then move on from them not let them necessarily linger and then try and get into a more positive headspace with what you can do so for me that's being proactive and booking a physio appointment it's um doing the exercises that my physio sets for me it's um icing it's icing it's taking painkillers it's it's going for walks if it's possible with friends and I'm trying to do the little things that um, I'm able to do to get myself into a more positive headspace and help myself um, and also hopefully make a um, healthy recovery. I love what you said there, Lydia. I mean, this, this show is your weekly dose of running motivation, but it's so important that we're also very, very real with ourselves and honest with ourselves and we give ourselves the space to feel a bit fed up, a bit grumpy, a bit, I need to process what's happened, whether that's an injury or whether that's just disappointment. And I'm, I was smiling when you were saying that because it's something that I say to a lot of my runners. If they, they don't achieve their goal or if they, they're disappointed with some performance or an injury or whatever, it can be very easy to want to, because you want to help people, you want to change people's state, you want to get them feeling good again. But actually you need to give them the space just to be a bit bear with a sore head you know that's all right sit sit in your pajamas and eat ice cream for a night and just you know woe is me no problem and then at some point when you're ready you come out of it don't you mm-hmm. and, it, and it's fine to to feel like that i think i think something that maybe needs to be said is that you know feeling down and feeling upset are very normal emotions obviously when they linger and that can become more of a problem but you know, feeling down and feeling disappointed about things that you're really passionate about are very normal emotions and you should allow yourself to feel those emotions instead of trying to sort of slap a positive um, sort of image on everything. Um, so, so I think that, you know, allowing yourself to feel disappointed about things or a bit glum about injuries, you know, it is realistic and I think that that allows you to be more healthy um, with your approach to things because you're able to take into account your feelings and how you are actually feeling about recovery, about the injury and about races as well. That's great. It's, it's that awareness, isn't it? I mean, we speak a lot now 2022 pandemic all that sort of stuff we talk about emotional intelligence and which simply to me is being aware of your emotions you don't necessarily need to do anything or act on it or try to give it a reason why i feel why do i feel like this well just understand and accept that you do feel like that and it will pass because there's no such thing as a bad emotion which is what you're saying you know that they tell you how you feel and there's a place for it i think that's all that stuff is really important and sometimes i don't know if you you agree with this lydia or you you experience this i guess consciously but sometimes after an event whatever that event is good or bad sometimes we don't know how we feel necessarily okay if it's a good event we probably do we're probably buzzing but if it's something that didn't go so well or there was an issue or bits of it you can't remember like for yourself with the recent uh accident you just you need time to process don't you how do i feel about it what do i want to do moving forward do i want to make any changes on that note in terms of 
changes for your training and moving forward and your ambition are there any things that has that the event the accident triggered or is it business as usual is there anything that you're going to do differently now kind of moving forward whether that's rehab or whatever it might be Mm -hmm. i mean my first priority is to get back to running healthily and and i won't be back running until i'm clear to do so and my physio is happy with me running um then the plan is to just take things slowly um build up the running um trying to get some consistency with it and then sort of assessing where i'm at in terms of races me and my physio are both hopeful that I could be back running and sort of race ready for some races I have later this summer so that is potentially a goal but the main focus is just getting back to running healthily um, and not doing anything that could cause more detriment. Um, Also once I am back running I will be working with my physio still to ensure that I am doing because I have still sustained an injury so you know even if I do get back to running fairly quickly I will still be doing a lot of work on my ankle to carry on strengthening what's happened so that I'll make it less likely to go over on my ankle again and and cause more pain and injury so I think that's really important as well going forwards even when I am running again to carry on for being focused on strengthening um, my injured ankle Um, but yeah in terms of races um, I haven't made any decisions on cancelling races or anything this summer i've got um a couple of race quite big races coming up this summer so i'm going to sort of just assess those a bit closer to the time and how i'm doing in terms of rehab and running um i'm also doing something that's a little bit different for me but i'm also planning on doing some track season as well which is completely different to ultra mountain running um so that's quite exciting as well so i'm just going to try and get back to running healthily and then sort of reassess things and see where i'm at and just take each race as they come um, and assess whether i think i am fit and race ready for that particular sounds super patient super logical what what's the reason behind the track what makes you interested in getting involved in the track yeah it is something different my club also don't have that many people representing them across the different events um so it's quite nice to get involved with my local club and help them represent at some sort of northern athletics competitions um yeah it, it, it is something different and i think sometimes that adds excitement into the sport of running onto your training as well obviously my main focus is still the longer stuff and it is still mountains but you know there's you know okay doing some faster sessions and getting faster on the track isn't going to cause any detriment to my mountain running. If anything, it will just strengthen it further and give me that speed when I need it. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm probably going to be running the 3,000 and maybe a 1,500. Oh, um, so that would be, really, <laughs> be really exciting to sort of change my training up a little bit, um, get training on the track more. And it'll be, I think it will be interesting and exciting for me to see how fast I can go over those short distances because I haven't actually done a short, a short distance race where I've really gone for it in quite a while. So I am very interested to put some faster sessions in and see where I'm actually at with those short distances on the track. It is exciting, isn't it? When you start to think about... Yeah. Okay, well, I do this thing. I, I love the off-road and I love all that. But what else is out there? Maybe I, you know, get involved in the track, do something a little different. I ha- uh, We love the track, by the way, myself and my girlfriend. In fact, we did a track session this morning. We absolutely love it. We've started some proper speed training, which we- I'm not 
I don't run fast, like short, short, fast, like 200 metres. And we've started to put some of that in because it will naturally help some of our other goals. It's fun, it's exciting, it's different, all the things you're saying. But it's just so... To, to just try something new and just have a go is just absolutely brilliant. And I've got um, a couple of my guys, there was three of my runners that I coached. They uh, recently ran marathons and stuff. But at the weekend, they just did the Rat Race Dirty Weekend, which is like, you probably know it, yeah, 20-odd miles with an insane amount of obstacles just to do something completely different from the norm because sometimes we need that, don't we, mentally as well as physically. In terms of, like, the, the, the rehabby stuff and not going over on your ankle, again, because that's obviously always a concern, isn't it, with any injury. Oh, I'm back now, so kind of forget all the exercises and just, you know, back to normal and then it happens again. Do you do much balance work and stuff like that or is that something you're going to do more of or how are you going to safeguard? Um, I, I do I do a lot of weight lifting already. Like I lift probably four to five times a week and I was doing that before my injury. So I do a lot of weight lifting and I'm a really big advocate for weight lifting along running. I think a lot of people associate heavy lifting with sprinting more so but there's a lot of studies out there that show that lifting heavy is actually really beneficial for distance running um, and longer stuff as well. And I think not enough distance runners realise that and add the weightlifting into their training. And it can be really beneficial um, in improving things like speed, but also in building a strong strong body, strong muscles that can take the pounding of running miles each day um, and preventing um, overuse injuries. So, I, yeah, I'll be, I'll be carrying on weightlifting um, and I'll also be adding into my weightlifting and rehab certain exercises that are more tailored to strengthening um, the ankle and maybe strengthening that leg as well. Um, so maybe things like um, I'm doing a lot at the moment. I'm doing a lot of single leg calf raises just on my injured foot. So taking all the weight on that foot and doing a calf raise. Um, I'm quite surprised that my physio suggested those. I was sort of like, wait, what? Already? But yeah, no, my physio is wanting me to do those hourly, he said. I'm not sure I'm quite hitting the hourly mark, but I am trying to do them as much as possible. He's a taskmaster. He is, yeah. But it does work. It works, it works. So, yeah, I'm doing a lot of sort of one-leg stuff, um, and I will just be continuing with the general weightlifting as well. Um, so, yes, just try and ensure that I don't go over on the ankle again or that there isn't any weakness sort of resulting from this injury. Um, so, yeah, I think that's really important. That I think it's quite easy when you're back running to sort of be like, oh, you know, I'm back running and just forget about your injury. But I think you do need to stay quite um, focused on the injury even when you are back running and racing and very, be very mindful that, you know, it might be weaker because of the injury and... There, there are things that you can maybe do to strengthen where you've been injured. And I think that's really important. There you go. If you listen to this and you've come, you're have you coming off the back of an injury, back into running, and you're probably thinking, yes, I don't need to do any of those silly physio exercises anymore, you probably still need to do them just to keep yourself in one piece. I think as well, Lydia, it's about getting clever with time because we're all super busy. You know, we want to spend time running and doing other stuff. So I, I do a lot of single leg balance work myself because quite seriously, the going over on the ankles is my thing. In fact, I don't race off-road for that reason because I'm just a bit conscious of it. I do lots of off-road running. So I tend to just do it at the end of like a gym session or if an evening, if I'm watching a bit of Netflix, I've got one of the wobble cushions and just I get my clients, my runners just to stand on one leg while they're brushing the teeth. You know, you just got to get a little bit, got to get clever, haven't you? Because ultimately, you know, we all have different goals and different interests where running is concerned, but we share one interest. We bloody hate injury and we want to keep it at bay. Listen, before you go, we've got one more question to ask you. 
I didn't get a chance to ask you this last time. I mean, I'm more excited than normal. Didn't get a chance to ask it you. I'm going to ask it you today. Are you ready for the question? I'm ready. All right, I'm going to hit you with it. Lydia, this is your weekly dose of running motivation. What does the word motivation mean to you? Um, I think motivation is what fuels the fire and gets you interested in what you're doing, sort of, first of all. I think the motivation starts the desire and your love for something, and then I think discipline is what carries it going. So I think, for me, motivation starts the fire and then discipline keeps the fire going. Um, yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. That makes complete sense. That, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write that down, I'll be honest. <laughs> Fuel the fire. Not only are we going to write it down, we're going to get T-shirts. Fuel the fire. I like that. I like that. Hang on, just a minute. Just bearing in mind what happened last time we spoke. Let's not talk ah. about fire. Let's not talk about yes. fire. We're tempting fate here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's not do it. <laughs> Lydia, it's been a pleasure. Good luck with the rehab. Speak to you soon. Thank you. Lovely being here. Running with Jake, the podcast. So a quick health and safety check. We are all good in the recording cupboard. The uh, coat cupboard, no equipment, no recording equipment is on fire. In fact, hang on a second. <laughs> it doesn't even feel warm. It doesn't, it doesn't feel... That's good. It doesn't feel warm. The uh, the power pack is fine. Nothing smoking. We are we are good to go. Maybe maybe we should be firing on all cylinders now for the end of the show. Maybe we should do that. Okay, fire up the final cylinder. As um, you know, and the other thing I guess is uh, you know we have thanks to the patrons we have got uh, all the nice new equipment. Uh, thankfully, we're not going to have to upgrade it for a little while, which is quite nice. But it does cost us money to keep this show going, and I'm not going to go on about this because I've already I'm very conscious I've already asked for money once today, and I don't like to do it too many times. But if you do want to become a patron, uh, the show is going to be free always, so it's free to you if you can't afford it. Um, that's absolutely cool. No problem. Completely understandable. Keep taking it. Keep enjoying it. Uh, don't pay us for it. However, if you can and you do enjoy it, then go on, just dip your hand into your pocket. And we do treat our patrons really nicely as well. If you do want to become part of this and you do want to become a patron, then all you have to do is go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast and there's a little Patreon banner at the top. And the reason I say that we do treat our patrons really well is we get a load of questions in on hashtag Ask Jake, and if you are a Patreon person and you do donate to the show, um, then you get pushed to the front of the queue. It's just the way it works, okay? It's just the way it works. It's fair. I know, it's fair enough, isn't it? Is that not fair enough? I think it's fair enough. I think it is fair enough. Yeah, we got a question from Suzanne. Um, Suzanne Reynolds, who's uh, who's been supporting us for, for a really long time, actually. We've had a few really nice emails from her. And, and she's just got a question about her training on hashtag Ask Jake. So, Jake, are you ready to answer this? Is this cool? Go for it, hit me with it. Okay, I'll hit you with it. Uh, she's currently training for a really hilly trail half marathon at the end of June. Now, each week she's doing interval training... She's not actually aiming for a particular goal time in view of it being very hilly. She just wants to do it and feel strong at the end of it. And her question is, should she be aiming to do um, repeats on hills and inclines to keep up a similar pace during her interval training? Or should she just stick to relatively flat courses for the repeats and save the hills for the hill repeat sessions, long runs and long walks that she does? Does that make sense to you? It makes perfect sense, and it's, it's quite a common question, actually, in consideration, because, Suzanne, obviously you're training for a very hilly trail half, and as you get closer to the race, really what you want to be doing is making your sessions a little bit more specific to what you will no doubt experience 
in the race, so hills and trails. So I think there's absolutely a place for generating some faster running, doing generating some speed, doing some faster intervals on the flat, whether that's on a you know, flat stretch of road where you live or whether that's a track or on, on some nicely cut grass in a park, you know, a real fast surface. I think there's a place for that and it can be enjoyable and it can mix things up in your training. But also incorporating some of those sessions that actually you're going to expect on in the race in terms of terrain. So if it's particularly technical the actual trail half marathon itself i wouldn't necessarily be doing fast work on technical trails so you know what i mean by that is kind of loose rocks and maybe some boulders and if it's just a little bit rutted and effectively unsafe you do need to be a little bit careful but actually getting onto like some grass on some hilly slopes hills I i think that's great just to mix things up a little bit but what i would do is i wouldn't worry too much about the pace when doing this if you follow me on Strava, Suzanne, you'll see one or two sessions that myself and Martina have been doing recently. We have um, a nice sort of grass slope that we use here next to uh, a big hill called St. Catherine's Hill. And it's, it's great because it's really smooth enough to run on, but it's steep enough and you are off-road as well. So you've got a little bit of kind of undulations there. You've got to factor that into um, into those different those repeats as it were but i think it just makes it a little bit more specific to what you're going to expect in the day so i would definitely do that focus more on effort rather than pace incorporate some uh, interval sessions on the flat and on the hills as well and just mix things up across the week so try and strike that balance i think it's important to note don't necessarily be doing all of your runs on hills yes you need to incorporate some hills ready for the race but don't be doing all your easy runs and your long runs and hill repeats and interval sessions on hills which is effectively hill repeats just be a little bit careful and strike that balance because hills obviously makes running more stressful i hope that helps if you've got a question then it's hashtag ask jake or you can drop us an email at podcast at runningwithjake.com that brings us to the end of another semi-motivational episode of Running With Jake, the podcast. We started off on maybe one, two cylinders, definitely firing on all cylinders by the end, and we will be back even more fired up than ever next week. Just don't mention the F word. That's fire. Actually, forget that. No, forget that. We don't want any smoking <laughs> issues. That. Have a great week of running, whatever you're up to. Stay safe. See you soon. Oh, and one more thing. If you want something, go get it. Period. Period.